0: Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Hey, good morning, folks. Glad to be with you. And uh, I hope that you have had a great week. And uh, I'm just uh, excited about how we are progressing. Um, We had our 9 o'clock outdoor service. And uh, that was just wonderful. And thank the Lord for that. And uh, if you're able, we'd love for you to be able to join us. If not, we still have this avenue to be able to uh, share the Word of God with you. Uh, So get your family around, if so, and uh, grab your Bible, if you would, please, and get your favorite drink, if you would, a coffee, iced tea, whatever the case may be. And let's open up the Word of God to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. And this morning, I'm going to be speaking to you on the topic, Accepted accepted. Matthew chapter 26, we're going to take a look at verses 57 through 68. The Bible says, and they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priest and the elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. And at last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? Let's pray. My Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would take this message and that you would use it in the lives of those who are watching, who are listening. And Lord, I pray for the Christian that they would be strengthened, they would be encouraged by this message. And I pray for those who may not know you, that they would um, come to know you as their personal Savior, that they would see the need of forgiveness of sins and accept you as the only true God, the one who loves us, who created us, and who gave his life for us. We thank you for your goodness to us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Accepted. I want you to think about that just for a moment. You know, acceptance is something that is universally desired by all people. We all intrinsically want to be accepted for who we are and for what we look like. You know, maybe you can remember back to high school how certain people would pick on other people because of what they look like. Maybe it was their hairstyle, maybe it was their weight, maybe it was the color of their skin. And see, if you get right down to it, the whole situation that our country's going through right now is really about accepting people for who they are. Treating everybody fairly and equitably and equally, no matter what they look like, no matter who they are. You know, for us as believers, that's exactly the way we're to be. Because the Bible tells us that we're all made in the image of God. Every single person upon the face of the earth. See, one of the most crushing feelings in life is not to be accepted. You know, for the believer, though, we have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ because though the world may not accept us because of what we believe, we're accepted in Jesus Christ. Jesus accepts us ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6 says to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved the bible says because we are in christ we're accepted in the beloved and the reason that we're accepted in christ is because he was rejected for us he was rejected for who he was In this portion of scripture here, Matthew chapter 26 and and verses 57 through 68, we find Jesus before Caiaphas and, and the religious elite of that day. These are the people who were supposed to be looking for the Messiah. These were the people who were to be pointing the nation of Israel towards the Messiah. But when Jesus showed up on the scene, they refused to accept him for who he said he was. See, friends, today, you either accept Jesus Christ for who he says he is, or you don't. You know, it's not the right of anyone to be able to define me for who they want to think that I am. Oh, they can think who I am, whatever they want about me. But I am who I am. And it's not the right for anybody else to define Jesus the way they want to define Jesus. Jesus has already defined to us who he is. And we either accept him for who he is or we don't. We must accept what Jesus says about himself to us. See, the first reason that you must accept Jesus for who he says he is is because if not, your eternal destiny is in danger. For the believer, the second reason that one must accept Jesus for who he says he is is because your sanctification is in question. See, you'll not grow in Christ if you don't accept Jesus for who he says he is. These men here in this portion of scripture, they refused to accept Jesus for who he says he was. And they tried to define Jesus as someone of their own making. A matter of fact, they tried to define Jesus as Beelzebub. They said he was the son of the devil. They tried to define Jesus as a deceiver as a traitor, they tried to define Jesus as a sinner, but they couldn't. See, these men hated Jesus with such a wicked hatred that they could not wait for Jesus to get off the scene and destroy him because they knew that their definition was not the definition of what the people saw. Say they would do anything that they could to destroy Jesus and get him off the scene. See, they wanted him off the scene because he was a threat to their power. They wanted to rule. They wanted him gone because he was a threat to their religion. They wanted to be considered the most righteous of all. They wanted him gone because he claimed to be the Messiah. And they refused to accept Jesus for who he said he was and who they knew he was. Do you accept Jesus for who he says he is? Too many times we're quick to answer that with, a yes, of course I do. Well, I want you to see in this portion of scripture who Jesus says he is. First, Jesus says that he was the Messiah. Take a look at verse 63, if you would, please. But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. This is the trial of Jesus and it was the most unjust trial on earth. Matter of fact, it's the most unjust trial that's ever taken place in history. Jesus actually went through two trials and each trial had three segments. I'm not gonna go into the history of those trials, but each trial had three segments and each one of those segments was broken. He had a Jewish trial, and he had a Roman trial and these men were unjust with Jesus from his arrest all the way through his death. What I find interesting is that Jesus was not unjust back no he he was lawful. he followed the law this The silence of Jesus here in this portion of scripture you'll find was not a silence of guilt. It was a silence of innocence. See, Jewish law stated that a man was not, um, was not able to incriminate himself. And these evil men were doing everything against the law. So what the Jewish law said was that the man was not allowed to be able to speak and be able to say, uh, no, I am that or I'm not that. But these evil men, they were breaking the law they were the ones who were guilty of breaking the law, not Jesus. And they broke the law in more than one way. Jesus, though injustice was being done to him, though justice was not being followed, Jesus still followed the law. And because of this, Caiaphas calls Jesus to a solemn vow. This vow that that Caiaphas Uh, calls him to is the most sacred vow a Jew could ever call upon. Here in verse 63, it says that Jesus held his peace and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee, that's by the living God. That's the vow that he's calling him to. Caiaphas is saying, you're to answer this question truthfully on the basis that you are vowing before the living God that it is God who is alive and hears you. It is God who is alive and punishes liars, the God who is a God of truth. So Caiaphas says, tell us, tell all of us, whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. See, the reason that Caiaphas asked this question is because Jesus said that he was the Messiah. Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. We find this in Luke chapter 21, uh, Luke chapter 4 and verse 21. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. When Jesus said this, when he made this statement, he was in the synagogue reading from the book of Isaiah. And when he said, This day, Scripture is fulfilled in your ears, what he actually was saying was, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one whose scripture is speaking about. What does it mean to be the Messiah? Jesus was saying that he was the deliverer of his people. See, the Jewish nation was looking for deliver from the oppression of the Roman government that they were under, and they wanted the Messiah to come and release them of that oppression and then establish the kingdom rule of God on earth. The deliverance that Jesus was speaking about, though, was about deliverance from sin. Jesus is saying, I'm the Christ, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Savior, I'm the Anointed One. I'm the one to deliver this nation and the world from sin. See, Jesus was claiming that he was the Savior of the world. And friends, this morning, you either believe Jesus and accept him for what his statements that he made about himself are true or you don't. If you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the Savior of the world, and you've trusted him, then your eternal destiny is not in danger, but is secure. But friend, if you refuse to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the deliverer for you from your sins, then your eternal destiny is in danger. And your eternal destiny, according to the Bible, is hell. Hell wasn't prepared for you. The Bible tells us that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. But because of our sin, we've been separated from God. And God, in his graciousness, sent his son to be able to bring us back into a relationship with him. See, God doesn't want you to go to hell. He He didn't want me to go to hell. But because God loved us so much, he sent his son to die on the cross. You probably know the verse, you've probably heard it before. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But our sins separated us from God. And Jesus came to take the penalty of our sin on the cross. And the full fury of God and wrath of God was poured out upon his own son for you and for me. You know, if you accept Jesus as the Messiah, as the Savior, as the deliverer from your sins, you don't have to worry about your eternal destiny. Do you accept Jesus for who he said he was? See, you either accept Jesus as Messiah or you don't. But secondly, Jesus said that he was the Son of God. In verse 63, but Jesus held his peace and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God. I am telling you, I'm, I'm wanting you to make this vow, that thou tell us whether thou will be the Christ, the son of God. Once again, Caiaphas would not have questioned Jesus as to be, being the son of God if Jesus had not claimed to be the son of God. See, Caiaphas was actually asking, he was saying, Jesus, are you equal with God? Are you God in the flesh? And Jesus was saying that he was the son of God. He was saying that he was equal with God. Jesus claimed to be one with God. John chapter 10 and verse 30. The Bible says, I and my Father are one. There would be many out there that would say, Jesus never claimed to be God. That's false. See, these religious leaders wanted to trap Jesus and they knew if they could get him to say that, they would have something To hang their hat on and cause him to be crucified. In John chapter 19 and verse 7, the Bible says, The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. See, they knew that he was the Son of God. Jesus said to Caiaphas and the other seventy, there were seventy-one members at this mock trial of Jesus. He said, I vow before the living God that I am the Son of God. He goes on to say in verse 64, take a look there. He says in verse 64, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. At this point, Jesus blows them away and says, One day, not only am I the son of God, but you're going to see me sitting on the right hand of God. That means the power of God and coming in the clouds of heaven. Basically, Jesus is saying, I am going to return to earth and judge the earth and to establish my everlasting kingdom upon the earth. Jesus was saying that you may be judging me unlawfully today, but one day I'm coming back and I will judge you lawfully. You think you're getting rid of me today, never to see me again. But you're going to see me again, Caiaphas, and all the religious leaders here at the great white throne judgment, when I will judge all of those who have rejected me. You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying that he is also Lord over heaven and earth. See, for us as believers, we would be quick to accept the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. We would say, of course, Pastor, I believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Savior, that he is my deliverer from sins. And we would also accept the fact, the claim that Jesus made of himself, that he's the very Son of God. But do you accept the fact, Christian friend, that he says that he's to be Lord of your life? Does he rule your life? Oh, you might know it here intellectually, but do you live it? You say, "What do you mean, Pastor? Does He rule your choices? Does He rule your attitudes? Does He rule your friendships, your relationships?" See, what I'm saying to you is that is that we need to accept all the claims that Jesus made about Himself. Do you really live in a way that shows that you accept all the statements, all the claims that Jesus made about himself? He said he was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And he said that he was the Son of God, the Lord of heaven and earth. The religious leaders didn't believe him. They mocked him. And in verse 68, they said, oh yeah, yeah. If that's who you say you are, prove it to us. Take a look at verse 68. Saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? What these religious leaders want is what many people today want Jesus to do, to prove himself. If he, was, if he is really the Messiah, to prove himself, that if he is really the Son of God, to prove himself if he is really Lord. You say, what do you mean? Well, many times us as Christians say, well, God, if you're really in control of this situation, you'll deliver me right now. You'll get me out of this right now. And we're actually asking God to prove himself of who he says he is. God many times does prove himself. But before he ever proves himself, he wants us to accept his word to trust his word. And that day, Jesus refused to prove anything to them. He was telling them, just like he's telling us, you will either acknowledge my claims that I have made about myself, that I am savior and Lord of all, and you will fall at his feet and worship him as such, or you and I will reject him as a blasphemer and actually put him to death in our life by rejecting him. Friend, will you take Christ at his word, that he's a savior of the world? Believer, disciple of Christ, will you actively believe, live out that Jesus is your Lord? Friends, if you'd like to come to know Jesus Christ, your personal savior, It's as simple as recognizing that you're a sinner. That's what the Bible says. All of us are sinners. Every single person upon the face of the earth. Realizing that you're a sinner and accepting the fact that Jesus Christ, who claimed to be the Messiah, the Savior, the Deliverer, that he died on the cross for your sins. And then turn your life over to him. Follow him. Live for him. Let him be Lord of your life. It's as simple as we say, you can say a prayer, but your prayer doesn't get you into heaven. But it's actually taking your faith, transferring your faith that you have in yourself or your religious system or your good deeds and placing it all on Christ. Saying these things cannot get me to heaven. My good works, my helping the poor, my religious background, my upbringing, my parents, whatever. Instead of trusting in that, I am going to trust in Christ and him alone and asking him to be my savior. We ask people many times to pray and we ask them to pray something like this. Dear Jesus, according to your word, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe what your word says about me, that I'm a sinner. And I believe what your word says about Jesus that he's the Messiah, he's the deliverer, and he died on the cross for my sins. And I accept him as such. And I'm asking that you will save me from my sins. And I'm putting my faith and trust in Jesus and what he said about himself. My friends, if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, if you've asked Jesus to come into your life and you want to follow him, I would ask that you fill out the electronic connection card, as you can see it would be posted below, and if you do that, fill that out with your name and address, I will send you a Bible and a book to be able to help you in your Christian walk. I hope that you'll do that because I wanna encourage you as you learn to follow Jesus. Christian friend, accept Jesus as Lord of your life. You may know him as savior, but do you live for him as Lord? God bless you, and I hope that you have a wonderful day.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today.